the Lord Jesus preaching the gospel, calling men to salvation. And he says here in John 6, 44, no man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And so there are people that are saved. Let's not give up hope now. Let's not say the cause is lost. Let's not say that there's no point in preaching the gospel. There's no point in having a Christian witness. But men can only come if the Father draw him. And we're told here, and I will raise him up at the last day. Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Golliher. It is a joy always to bring the message of the gospel to you wherever you may be today. And we're moving to a new series here on our broadcast called TULIP. T-U-L-I-P. This is an acrostic for a great set of doctrines called Total Depravity, Unconditional Election, L for Limited Atonement, and I for irresistible grace, P for perseverance of the saints. Over these next few weeks, we will be looking at these in detail. Today, we start with the T, total depravity. That means that man is rotten to the core. From the crown of his head to the sole of his feet, there is no soundness in him but bruises and wounds and sufferings. Now, that does not mean that the average man is as bad as he can be, but that he is thoroughly corrupt in every aspect of his nature, and therefore will never seek God. Man, left to himself, is depraved. He is a rebel and will always run from God as Adam did in the Garden of Eden. So stay tuned with us as we go through our message today. We have a hymn. Now thank we all our God, and we'll wrap up today with some questions on the subject of total depravity. Yes. 
is Lutheranism today? We had in our newspaper just last week of the meeting uh, of the Pope. He flew to Sweden to meet with the Lutherans so that they could pray together and remember together the Reformation. Lutherans today have rejected the gospel. They have rejected, indeed, the inspiration of the Bible and the whole doctrines of Protestantism. And they are on an ecumenical trend seeking unity with the Church of Rome again. And so that precious gospel that was fought for and stood for is no longer their emphasis. The true is the same is true with Presbyterians, Anglicans, Methodists, the great mainline denominations of Protestantism have sold out the gospel. They are on another agenda. And today, sadly, it is on the wickedest agenda you could imagine, and that is the same-sex agenda. And it is staggering. I remember in 1988, when the United Church voted for, their, for the first time to allow clergy who were homosexual to remain in the pulpit. It was unthinkable. It was staggering. And now we see this leaven of corruption that is so pervasive in society that has brought untold corruption arising in many areas. And so people who are religious have become corrupt. Now, where does all this corruption come from? Well, Jeremiah put it this way, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This doctrine of total depravity points out that man, left to himself, is incapable of turning to God. And that's why we need the second letter in TULIP, U, the unconditional election. That while man is corrupt, he is hopeless, he's so depraved, he's so corrupt and lost that he will never turn to God. The only hope for the world is God to turn to men in his unconditional electing love. Not because we're good, not because we're better, but because God loves us in spite of our sin. And that's the gospel account, that God in his infinite grace loved sinful men so much that he chose them in Christ and sent his Son to die for them, to call them effectively. And that's the irresistible call. That's the eye of tulip. And then he gives them power to persevere. But today we want to deal with this matter of man's being incapable of turning to God, because that's contested. That is something that's an unpopular doctrine today, because psychologists would say, well, there's a spark of good in everybody. There's a spark of spiritual life in everybody. And there is the idea that man is sort of, you know, sitting on the, on the fence, and he's teetering on the balances, and he can go either way. Some go this way and some go the other way, and they picture man as if they are still capable of turning to God. The doctrine of total depravity teaches that man is incapable, and I want to establish that very clearly here today from God's Word. The first text is Romans 8, verse 7. Romans 8, 7. <clears throat> and it says, because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, the carnal mind is the man who does not have the influence of the Holy Spirit. He is not regenerate, not born again. 
He is by nature born of Adam, Adamic nature, and he is in that natural state. The carnal mind is enmity against God. Now, does that look like uh, sitting on the fence? Does that look like somebody who says, well, don't really care, doesn't matter to me? No, this person does care. This person really cares because he has in his heart enmity. He is setting himself as an enemy of God. He's at war with God. And you just go preaching the gospel, and you'll soon find that man is at war with God. He's not not neutral. He's not sitting on the fence. He's not just on the balance ready to tip any which way. Man has set himself to rebel against God. Isaiah referred to man as having revolted. He is the prodigal who will not remain with God but must have his own way, hostile to God. Now, let's read the text again, Romans 8, 7, because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. There's hostility and disobedience, and neither indeed can be. There's impossibility, impossible for them to do good to please God. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. There's total inability, total depravity. Now, why is this? Because he's spiritually blind. He cannot see. He cannot comprehend this lost state and condition that he's in. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 18. I forgot to tell you earlier on this, in this message that, that this is going to be a Bible workout. Uh, we're not going to uh, handle these doctrines without uh, m- many passages and many references in the Bible. So I'm going to be calling on you to look up these, these many verses. But here in Ephesians 4.18, you'll see the spiritual blindness in which man uh, is, is fallen, having the understanding darkened being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of the heart. And it's not just a head matter, it's a heart matter. It's a matter of the the will, the desires, the affections. Man has no desire for God. He has no interest in God. He, He cannot even set a goal You cannot even tell such a person, what you need to do is set a goal that you might live with God and walk with God because he can't even see the goal. It's like playing soccer as a blind man on the feet. You can't even see the goal. What's the possibility of getting the ball in if you can't see the goals? And man by nature is so blind, spiritually blind, that he can't even know what direction he should shoot in that he might please God. The natural man cannot receive the truth. That's the next problem. In John 1.11, the Lord Jesus came unto his own, but his own received him not. And he cannot hear the voice of the Lord. Another key verse is John 8.43. John 8.43. And here now is the call of the gospel. Here is the, whether it's the preacher preaching the gospel or the witness of the Holy Spirit, Uh, John 8, verse 43, and we read here, Why do ye not understand my speech? Who is the Lord Jesus, and uh, he is in his public ministry, 
Why do you not understand my speech? And then he gives the answer. The Lord doesn't just point out the, the fact of their uh, deafness to the gospel, but he explains the reason. Because ye cannot hear my word. And again, that is total depravity. That's man's inability. By nature, the carnal man cannot hear the voice of God. He cannot understand. And therefore, he becomes an enemy of the cross. In 1 Corinthians 1.18, it talks about the preaching of the cross is foolishness to them that believe not. Why is it that this precious gospel to us of a loving Savior who came from glory to, to redeem and to save and to bring us one day back to heaven, why is it that the natural man cannot grasp the cross work of the Lord Jesus, that he suffered in the place of sinners and gave himself as their substitute? Why does, does man mock the cross? It is foolishness to him because he cannot hear and he cannot understand. He cannot take it in. And then further on in 1 Corinthians 2.14, we find that the apostle really gives the conclusion and the reasoning of it all. And he says, but the natural man, 1 Corinthians 2.14, the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. That's the inability, impossibility, of the natural man turning back to God. And this explains why people can sit through church services, grow up in a church, can go to even gospel campaigns, hear all the things that Christians hear, and yet they cannot receive spiritual things. It's foolishness to them and eventually they walk away from it. Now, not only can he not, but he will not. There's an obstinacy to it. There is a, a rejection. And in John chapter 6, and again, many verses, but I, I want you to, to see the biblical basis for this. The Lord Jesus, preaching the gospel, calling men to salvation, and he says here in John 6, 44, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me draw him. And so there are people that are saved. Let's not give up hope now. Let's not say the cause is lost. Let's not say that there's no point in preaching the gospel. There's no point in having a Christian witness. But men can only come if the Father draw him. And we're told here, and I will raise him up at the last day. And then verse 65 on that same chapter, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. So salvation is the gift of God. Salvation is God's work. He initiates it. He works it in the heart of those whom he will save. But man left to himself is lost hopeless, blind, incapable of coming, will not come. How often the gospel message goes out, the plea for salvation goes out, but there is a resistance to that very message. Why is this? Because the Bible teaches us 
that man is not only sick, but he's dead spiritually. Ephesians 2 verse 1, And ye who were dead in trespasses and in sins. Now, a corpse cannot respond. One that is lifeless cannot hear, cannot see, cannot comprehend, cannot respond to an invitation. And the Bible says that the human heart is dead in trespasses and in sins. More than that, in Ephesians 2, 1, verse 2, we are under Satan's control, held captive by the prince of the power of the air. And so there is a spiritual bondage. There is a, an incarceration of the soul that the devil retains over the heart of the unbeliever. And this is the terrible condition of lost souls. It is the impossible state of men who are without God and without hope and without Christ, totally lost, total depravity, head, heart, faculties, gone, dead, in trespasses and in sins, and therefore without hope. Therefore, we need a gospel that is God-ordained, God-inspired. What is the hope for the totally depraved man? It's the power of God and this gospel that God has provided. And next Sunday morning, we're going to look at the you, the you of unconditional election. And we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 1, and it talks about God's purpose for his glory, how out of infinite grace, a merciful God, out of compassion for the lost condition of totally depraved men and women, God sent his Son. God designed the cross. God sends the Spirit, and he draws men, choosing them, calling them into new life in Christ Jesus. And yes, it's predestination. The word comes up, having predestinated. It comes up in Romans 8. It comes up in Ephesians 1. The gospel is based upon God's predestination. What does predestine mean? It means to pre-program a sinner's destiny. Left to man himself, his destiny is hell. Left to the works of the devil, his destiny is torment. But God in his mercy predestines glory for his elect, his chosen, whom he lifts out of the cesspool of sin and gives them new hearts and sends them on to glory. And it is a plan for which man can take no glory. This is the wonder of it. It's all of grace. It's nothing of us. None of us will ever stand at the eternal day and say, I got to heaven because I did something. No, the reality is that we were fugitives. We were corrupt from head to toe. We were diseased in head and heart. We were dead in trespasses and sins. We were held captive by Satan in his, uh, his clutches. But Christ came, called effectually, saved my soul, and 
All the glory is the Lord's. No one will go to heaven and boast of what they did to be saved. We are saved not because of who we are, but in spite of who we are. And all the honor and praise goes to the God of glory. And we are called to preach this gospel to every creature. The doctrine of total depravity does not preclude preaching the cross. We are to preach the cross. We are to tell the old, old story of Jesus and his love. And we know it will fall upon deaf ears, except the Spirit of God works. But we believe that because God has a people whom he will save, he will work. And as we do our task of preaching, the Lord will do his work of calling, saving by his mighty power. Think of Ezekiel as he was sent to preach to the skeleton army in the Valley of Dry Bones. Could you think of anything more pointless? A preacher going into a valley and all around is this army that is dead. All their flesh is gone, just bones. And he begins to preach. And the army comes alive. And they put flesh on and life returns. And their faculties return. That's a picture of what happens when we preach the gospel. We know we're preaching to men who are depraved, no thought of God, no desire for God, incapable of of coming, cannot hear, cannot receive the truth. They are incapable of ever coming to Christ. But when the gospel is preached, the Spirit of God resurrects. Conversion is called resurrection. Conversion is called the power of God calling and bringing men to the Savior. And so the question is, as Ezekiel says, can these bones live? And we ask in Cloverdale, can these bones live? We drive by homes and uh, people in this community, in this city, can these bones live? Can these people ever be converted? Well, we know that left to themselves, they will never be saved. But in God's grace, in God's mercy through the gospel, He is pleased to save them the belief. And that's the positive part. That's the hope that we have, that the power of the gospel is at work from A to Z. He's the author and finisher, the Alpha and the Omega. He receives all the glory because it's all of him. And we're here today by God's grace, and we praise him forever bringing us out of bondage, out of darkness, into the glorious light of the gospel. So why do we pray? We're praying for the Spirit of God to move. That's why the church needs to be at prayer. That's why we are totally dependent upon the help of God. If God doesn't move by His Spirit, all our preaching is nothing. We need to pray all the more. This doctrine drives us to our knees. It shows us how lost people really are and how pointless preaching is without the power and blessing of God. And so our work and responsibility is no less, but we labor in the hope and the confidence that God has a people, an elect people, a people to whom he will show mercy and bring them into the blessing of salvation. Well, he's done it for us. We're here today as the, as the, the sovereign work of God's grace, and we're praying, Lord, what you've done for us, you'll do for others. Multiply it over and over. And if you're not saved today and you've learned of the corruption of your own heart, 
You have learned just how desperately wicked you are in the sight of God. How are you going to die? How are you going to face eternity in your present state? Surely you need to cry out, have mercy. Has God brought you here to hear the gospel in vain? Is this not his offer to you to be saved? Is he not dealing with you in kindness and mercy that he might bring you out of your sins? These are the means that God has ordained, preaching, witnessing, evangelism, gospel ministry, that dead souls might hear. And no matter how dead you are today, no matter how heedless you've been to God in the past, there's a, there's a quivering of desire in your heart. The Lord will save you. And I bid you to flee from your sins and to run to the cross and be saved through the power of a living Savior who died for you, rose again to give you life, spiritual life. That's the life you need. And I beg you to come to the Lord seeking that mercy. Well, I hope in that message today it was clear what the doctrine of total depravity is and just how dark and lost the sinner is. And that's the reality of this set of doctrines of TULIP, which outlines the deeply, deeply lost condition of man due to the corruption of his own nature so that he cannot hear, he cannot understand, and he cannot repent he cannot turn to God in his own strength. We call that man's inability. Man is incapable of turning back to God. So he needs the Holy Spirit to regenerate. To There is the need to be born again. And the Lord Jesus said that except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now that does not remove responsibility. God commands all men everywhere to repent. He commands all men everywhere to believe the gospel. And it is your call to repent, turn to God, and to give your heart to him. And of course, when God draws people by his Spirit, he does so effectively, powerfully, and bringing them to the trust in the Lord Jesus it is a work of grace, and we love him because he first loved us, and we draw near to him because he draws us near to him, and that is the grace at work within the heart. Now, the text that we used here today was 1 Corinthians 2.12, that the spiritual things of God are spiritually discerned. The natural man cannot comprehend the things of of God. And if you're a Christian today, if you're believing in the Lord Jesus, you have received grace. The Lord has opened your eyes. You are a believer because the Lord drew you to himself. What a miracle. And it's all of grace. These are called the doctrines of grace. So rejoice in them and may the Lord work in the hearts of many to save their souls. You are listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio broadcast of the Free Presbyterian Church in Canada. This is Pastor Ian Golliher. If you missed part of today's program or would like to hear it again, you can listen by 
podcast on iTunes. Search for Let the Bible Speak on iTunes Podcast. You will also find each program archived by program date on our website. Just go to www.ltbs.ca. There you can find helpful articles on Christian living and God's salvation. Or you can sign up for our emails and our magazine. If you have been blessed through the Lord's Word today, call me free of charge from anywhere in Canada at 604-897-2040. You can also join our church services by live webcast on your computer or other device. Go again to www.ltbs.ca. Our phone number again is 604-897-2040. Feel free to give me a call or send me an email. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 18790, 58th Avenue, Surrey, B.C., V3S 1M6. May the Lord bless you with saving faith in our Lord Jesus. As the Savior of sinners, He is able to save from the guttermost to the uttermost. This is Pastor Ian Goller, and I invite you to join us on this station Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and Monday to Friday at 6 p.m. when day by day we let the Bible speak.